Hello, my name is All Sports Snapper, or Dean to my family and friends, and I'm a sports photographer working full-time for Getty Images. Welcome to what I hope will be one of many discussions on mainly sports photography on my show I call the Photography Philosophy Podcast. My guess is that this will be one of many podcasts you'll listen to, so you know the drill. Get in contact with me via Twitter at AllSportSnapper or my website AllSportSnapper.com with any suggestions or questions. This show is for sports photographers of any level, so the more feedback I get, the more I can make it suited to what you want. In this fourth episode, I speak to Dutch sports photographer and owner of the largest sports photo agency in Holland, Stanley Gonther. As I was settling into life at the Netherlands, Stan became a familiar and friendly face when working at the Amsterdam Arena, home to one of the most famous football clubs in the world, Ajax Amsterdam. We spoke many times over the years, and as I travelled around the Netherlands, his company's name, ProShots, became a regular occurrence in newspapers and magazine bylines, as well as meeting the photographers that he employs with the company logo on their equipment. We sat down in his office to speak about his humble beginnings in moving from an amateur to freelance photographer to running his own still-growing company, being interviewed for a TV program about his favourite image, the requirements he expects from his team of photographers in the years past and the present day, and my favourite sentence of any guest has said so far, what is the essence of sports photography? I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to Photography Philosophy Podcast, and uh, I'd like to welcome our next guest, Stanley. Or should I say Stan? Whatever. <laughs> and um, yeah, can you just tell me your name and um, tell me a little bit about yourself? I'm Stanley Gonta, uh, 55 years, 54 years old today. A young 54? Yeah, yeah. Just got 54 uh, last month. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, where are you uh, based or living? I'm living in Diemen, just outside Amsterdam. Just a suburb of Amsterdam, yeah, in the Netherlands? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, It's not part of Amsterdam, by the way. Not part of Amsterdam? No. no. It's not? No, it's not. We are 25,000 people, and when I got here in Diemen 40 years ago, it was only 12,000, so it's doubled in 40 years. Okay. That's a very picturesque place, and we're sitting here in your office, actually, uh, of your company that you run. Mm-hmm. That's your company? Yeah. Uh, the company's name is? It's ProShots Photo Agency. Proto, okay, and that's the uh, largest photo agency in the Netherlands? I would say so at this moment, yeah. That's very good. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's... Um, mm-hmm. On sports, uh, we, we're talking sports. So you, only spe- yeah. you only do sports, that's right, isn't that's it? That's true, yeah, yeah. Which is perfect, considering this is a sports photography podcast. Sure. All right, so now let's um, go back. My favorite question really is um, how did you get involved or what's your first photo photography messy, uh, memory? Yeah, well, actually I was a very, uh, very devoted uh, football player on an amateur basis, obviously. And when I got seriously injured back in 1988, it was, um, I found out that I had a lot of time spent in football. You okay. Know? And can you imagine what happens to you if you don't have uh, any football anymore? You have a lot of ta- free uh, spare time. Yes. And the first thing I did was to take a camera shooting football uh, with my old mates, my old my old team. 
And I thought, well, this could be fun or this could be a new job. And it turned out to be the last uh, thing. And uh, so you've gone from being injured to taking photos of your friends. Yes. And then how did it go from there to becoming a job or a career? Well, at first, the first thing that I uh, learned was to, to, to make money out of photography is to shoot all of the uh, teams in my own club, which were 40 teams. Can you imagine 400 kids and, and adults? And I sold uh, the pictures uh, very much like school photography, you know? Okay, yes. Uh, I sold the picture uh, with a single picture with a bell, a ball, mm -hmm. uh, together with the team. Very much like we do in school photography, the, the same basic concept. Yeah. And I found out that I sold uh, between 80 and 85% of the pictures for, for a very good price. So I thought, well, this could be a business to start with, right? <laughs> and from there on, I went out to other teams in Amsterdam. Uh, and, and uh, well, uh, after three years, I had already uh, seven or eight freelance photographers who do the same thing in their own region. So, well, in the first few years, I, uh, I made some money out of this so-called school photography with amateur clubs. And uh, was that just like a photo of um, like just a boy, a player, boy, girl, whatever, mm -hmm. posing with the ball, and then yeah. and then yeah. the team photo, the team photo, and that's how it's gone from there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, so within three years, you've gone from shooting your local team to having seven people working for you. Well, Max, Max, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were uh, in the height maybe with eight uh, freelance photographers producing. Well, this is a silly thing to say, producing, but. Producing uh, six thousand uh, children uh, photo, photo, photos of children every year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this this was kind of kind of a big business uh, at home because uh, obviously I didn't have an own office at the time. Yeah. That's a it's expanded very quickly though. I mean that's quite surprising actually to go from where you've gone to. And how old were you when this was happening? Twenty nine. Okay. Yeah. 29 I know exactly the year when I started so uh, and then how and what were you doing before that just the I was a sales rep okay yeah I was a sales rep so uh, if I tell if I tell people uh, in in the current industry they say oh now we understand now I understand <laughs> where it comes from you're a sales rep uh, okay so but uh, yeah uh, it was fun doing in the, in the beginning and it was very long hours. Don't don't misunderstand me. If you have if if you have a job, uh, Monday Fridays, and you do a side step like this, you will come out not eighty hours mm -hmm. uh, a week, uh, rather hundred hours a week. Wow. Okay. It was uh, incredible time. And and can I do the same thing today? No, obviously not. It's uh, it was very hard work. Yeah. Uh, seven days a week. Very, very hard work. But, you know, you don't feel uh, any pain if you're uh, making your own first money, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, all right. That's, uh, and um, can you tell me your uh, your first camera then? What were you shooting with back then? What was the camera that you sort of got started with? What was the camera that sort of started it all off? Remember that uh, Canon EOS was introduced uh, in the mid-80s, you know? The, I think the fir first model was the EOS 600. Okay. And I bought that one. EOS 600, so uh, not their top model, which was out already, the EOS 1. It mm -hmm. was too expensive for a starter. Okay. Uh, and later on, I bought the uh, RT, which is 
the 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 model 600 without the mirror okay I mean, well the mirror doesn't go up you know you can you can shoot through the mirror okay so which was very handy for the type of work that I did because one player one kid that I uh, make a photo of mm -hmm. was one shot mm. not not many more shots uh, you had one chance you know yeah. because we did everything on film on rolls yeah and you have to be uh, very economic as well eh? so if he would uh, close his eyes you would see that through the mirror yeah okay so and then you know okay you get a second chance to do it and uh, well most of the times uh, i saw it correctly you know afterwards that the first picture was with the closed eyes yeah second one was good uh, so the, the rt model of canon was the perfect model to to use it you know and were you supplying some of the freelancers with equipment or were they having their had their own equipment to use or they were using their own equipment okay yeah yeah all right wow that's a good little story isn't it yeah but <laughs> i have to tell you i did everything in the first years i was also the my own career so i was picking up the films uh, from the freelancers through a certain route every Sunday night, yeah. seven to eight. Yeah. And only after two years, I was wondering, what the hell am I doing? Why, why, why can I not have these film rolls sell, sent to a lab, yeah. photo lab? So I did in the third year. <laughs> I, I, I thought, this is crazy. I should have done this from the first moment, you know. <laughs> Give them an envelope with, with a, a stamp. Yeah, and, and and on the Monday they will receive it in the photo lab, and I I think I was kind of um, afraid to lose these roles uh, with with the regular post, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, crazy to to do everything myself in the in the first years. Well, I guess that only comes with experience, and then you think, all right, why didn't I do this before? But it's yeah. very easy to say in hindsight, isn't it? It's exactly. Very... Yeah. Yeah. And um, now we're talking. And then, how did you go from? The amateur sports. How did you move from you know the kids, the local, the local football to doing what you do now um, on a grand scale? We'll say now as well on the professional sport. How did how did that sort of migrate well, across? Very much from the beginning. Also, uh, yeah. one of my best friends, his name is uh, Ruth Vol. Mm -hmm. We're still friends. Don't see him too often, but uh, we know. He said, <laughs> "This this is this is a very funny story." He said, uh, "Stan, I." I'm a photographer at Ajax in the old stadium. I said, well, what, you? How come? How, ca how can you be a photographer at Ajax? Yeah. He said, well, uh, I'll have an extra press card for you this Sunday. Come with me. Wow. But I didn't have the gear at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So he had the second body, mm -hmm. uh, which was the 600, which I bought later myself, you know? Yeah. I, I still do have a picture of me sitting on, on the pitch in and, and, and the Ajax stadium. Uh, this this very first uh, first game game yeah I regard it as my very first game Ajax against Roda JC yeah. Roda JC yeah uh, May 1991 oh, you know right. okay <laughs> and uh, wondering what I w wanted to do with my career this was the moment I said well this is what I want I want to be a sports photographer okay yeah well, I mean that was quite a time looking back you know. Going just from memory, the early 90s was, uh, you had quite a few superstar uh, Dutch footballers as sure, well, like the sure. names like Van Basten and Rude Hullet, yeah. and uh, sorry if I'm butchering the pronunciation, but and Frank Rijkaard as mm -hmm. well, like these guys were, uh, and Holland had won the uh, European Championships in 88. 88, right? yeah. 
So you sort of were in a bit of a peak time of Dutch, uh, yeah. Dutch players as well. Yeah, and it were different times uh, for the sports photography as well. You cannot imagine to get a free ticket as an extra photographer, so to say, on an Ajax game today. Yeah. You know, just because you have a friend who wants to sit next to you. Yeah. I mean, uh, impossible. Uh, I, I was lucky to to uh, get in into the industry uh, at, at the right time, I guess. What do you remember? Just out of curiosity, that game that you, do you remember the score? Or do you remember who scored? Do you remember six one, six one to yeah. Ajax. I don't have to Google it. Six one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and any photos of um, any memorable pictures you got from that game? Just one. Yeah. I I used one roll for thirty six images. That's it. Thirty six. <laughs> 36 photos from yeah. a whole match. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, well, it, it was not a profession, uh, obviously, at this time, but uh, I used one role. I can, I mean... I made many mistakes in the beginning, by the way. I think we all did, but yeah, tell it, go on. Well, one of the mistakes... <laughs> one of the mistakes that I made was on a Sunday, I played home uh, against FC, FC Utrecht, FC Utrecht. And it was very, very dark outside, you know, like thunder, thunderstorms and so. Uh, so I look outside. I, I live very ne- close to the stadium, eh? five minutes walk. From Ajax. From Ajax. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Walking distance. Okay. Uh, really. Uh, um, so I put in my 1600 uh, uh, Asa roll yeah. into my camera. Yes. Before the game. Yes. <laughs> but guess what happens on uh, at 2 o'clock to 15? The sky opened, you know. So you've got a bright sunny day. Can you imagine what happened with uh, <laughs> with the six hundred drill in your camera? So I had to uh, adjust my aperture to uh, f eleven or f sixteen uh, even. I okay. think. And my wife at the time said, "Well, these are very clear pictures. You can see all the people <laughs> on the stage." <laughs> so yeah, everything was in yeah. focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Nowadays, you you can say why did why didn't you take out the uh, sixteen hundred roll out of your camera and put yeah. in a two hundred or four hundred? Well, economics again, you know. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Uh, you could throw away the sixteen hundred film uh, because you, it was useless if you if you take it out of the camera, you know. So I said, I said to myself, I, I it's better for me to to keep it in the camera because it uh, saves me some fifteen guilders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay all right that's uh, uh yeah we've all i think at the start you sort of have to make those mistakes too don't you before you oh, start yeah. realizing yeah one of the many and i'm guessing at the time uh the, obviously the big difference between now is uh yeah i mean i don't know any photographer that would take less than four five six hundred photos from a match 1600 on a, on an average game yeah i mean yeah i'm yeah how, how about you it sounds sounds the same no yeah i'm about 1200 i think is about right. a sort of yeah. normal number yeah and then you're picking out you know whatever 30 pictures or whatever it is but yeah to go back to a game of shooting yeah waiting very patiently for those precise moments where you've got oh, yeah. 36 roll how, how about uh photo number 35 on your roll yeah what, what what you do? What you do? Wait wait for the moment to come, or do you uh, get a new role in it? You know, save it for the last. Oh yeah, of the match. yeah. How many how many times did it happen that uh, you made the wrong decision on that? You know, too many. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to shoot by, but you're already on thirty seven. There's the thirty seven. Yeah, there's the thirty seven. <laughs> Sometimes you get half a frame. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So um, okay. So we you know we've moved. You've gone from taking pictures. Uh, you know, you've started to. You've got your friend. He's got you into Ajax, and then um, you've started getting paid. Mm-hmm. You've started getting paid. Um, for your photos and who started you know where did my, you start my, first selling your photos my first uh, my first uh, paid job was a company that still is in the business called uh, Z Press and they were um, they are producing uh, program books uh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah match programs match programs yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, they still do uh, today and I found out when I was uh, in a stadium that most of these match books were uh, printed by the same company. Okay. You know, so I went on to them and said, uh, "Why don't you hire me to take the pictures for archive purpose? So not actual, uh, not live or going no, out next yeah, week, yeah, just yeah. for a." Okay. Yeah. So this was my first contract, and from then on, I went out to television magazines. Uh, I was predominantly uh, shooting stock pictures, not live pictures. Uh, Certainly not for newspapers at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. The newspaper market in the analog era was uh, was was uh, served by the wire agencies mm-hmm. in Holland. This is ANP. ANP being the uh, national uh, wire the Dutch, agency. Yeah, the Dutch National uh, Photography Agency. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were very well equipped, uh, of course, with uh, uh, to uh, develop the pictures. Uh, during the game and send it through through a wire in the beginning yeah uh, b- this is before the internet eh? yeah this is all <laughs> scanning and we have to explain this this is before the internet well how, how did we send our pictures before the internet well this this went through a telephone line yes oh my god <laughs> and for a, a freelance photographer uh, this was beyond our league eh? mm-hmm. so yeah, the cost of uh, setting up and or yeah. having a, a telephone line yeah. live ready for you was... Uh, but I had a very, very good uh, business in the first 10 years b- uh, because I uh, sold all of the stock pictures to television, to, to magazines in general, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we got first into our digitalized world, uh, we scanned the pictures and put it on a CD and sent the CD rather than to send printed uh, photos yeah. through in an envelope, which was, well, in the beginning, we I had to do it in an envelope, you know. And when the CD came, it was uh, very soon replaced by ISDN. Which ISDN is just a, a quicker form of a telephone line. It was exactly. Just, it was just yeah, yeah. through a telephone sort of connection. And uh, do you remember the Sajem modems I that do, we actually, used? Yes. Yeah, it was actually an FTP to FTP uh, uh, connection mm-hmm. so this was the first time that I sent pictures uh, direct into the system of a customer without going out uh, on, you know on the road to to get my films and my prints to the customer which yes. was a very common thing during the first uh, years of the 1990s so everything went swiftly into a digital array and it really uh, started uh, to change when the internet came up with so-called digital databases mm-hmm. photo databases yeah and just going back on what you said you know how you the magazine was that literally just knocking on doors or did you know people at these uh, the magazine that you talk about the tv magazines the did you just walk up and say, look, I'm a photographer. I would not want to know if you'd like to buy my photos. Was it as simple as that? 
well, it's not as simple as that. No, no, but, but um, yeah, maybe I'm simplifying things yeah, a bit too yeah. much. But like, it was a, a knocking on the doors and being persistent. And uh, sure. I think I'm, I think I'm lucky that most of the photographers, and this is not an insult, this is just how I see it, mm-hmm. uh, are kind of waiting for customers to call them. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is how it works in general. You know, if you have to sell your services, your stuff, you have to knock on doors. Uh, this is the most difficult thing of any business, uh, also our own business. Mm-hmm. So yes, I did have to knock on doors, and sometimes with uh, success, sometimes with no success. But if the engine starts and it's uh, the car rolls, you know, uh, after a few years, uh, you, well, people get to know you, and yeah, you build up a bit of momentum, and then uh, yeah, your name sort of is out there, and you're recognized, and then uh, yeah. Yeah, you walk in. You're not you're not cold anymore. They say like your uh, yeah your name is familiar to people before you've even exactly yeah and uh, it's not as simple as that. But uh, this is uh, how it worked out for me at least. You know. Okay. Uh, and still today, I do have to knock on doors. <laughs> of course, it doesn't yeah. stop, does it? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, what about let's let's move forward a little bit um, and go. F- uh, what uh, so what work? Well, how did you go from you're, you know, you've done these pictures and then you've now, like we mentioned before, you've uh, got your own agency. Mm-hmm. You've um, got, I've seen the photo, um, you know, we're doing this interview in your office here in... Uh, um, Demon. In Demon. And uh, you've got a photo there with, you know, of all your photographers that you've got. And how many photographers have you got working for you now? We're 18. 18 photographers? Yeah. Uh, 16 of them after the, the, the mandatory press card which is the NSP card Netherlands sports press mm-hmm. two of them don't have this but I will not use these two photographers on the professional games the, okay. uh, you know but I think it's extraordinary that we uh, have 16 out of 18 with a uh, uh, press card okay and then and so how did you go from unlike many others by the way okay <laughs> I'm not aware of the others but yeah. uh so how did you go from where you've gone to? How did you go? In, you know, how did it start off? How did pro shots begin? Uh, Two thousand is the turning point in the industry for all of us. You know, remember that the digital cameras that we are using today, the first generation, uh, were produced in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikon D one, uh, Canon. 1D. Uh, Nikon was a little bit earlier than Canon, but we had to change from analog from our film rolls into digital CF cards. And together with this change, it was also a change of how you uh, supply your pictures to the marketplace, you know. And the digital photo bases uh, give us the opportunity to create something new or to fight against a photo database, you know, it's one be one of them or fight against them. Yeah. I think mainly the older photographers who could not cope with the changes at the time found it very, very hard to cope uh, with the changes in the industry. Yeah. And I remember that this discussion within my own family, with my wife, with my ex-wife, was a very tough one because... If you start a photo agency, Dean, and you have a pretty successful uh, career as a freelance photographer, 
I did I did make some good money uh, on my own, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you have to put your money into a big uh, 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 how do you say it? Uh, big pot. A big pot. Yeah. And you invite three other guys and to say, well, we have a we have a, a new company. Eat out of my pot. Yeah. Can you imagine how that is? You know. Yeah. So this was kind of risky. Uh, who says that from ten customers I would go up go up to 150 today? Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell back then, 15 yeah. years ago. Yes. But uh, I said 150. Maybe I have 200 customers. I don't know. Uh, today, uh, Pro Shots we serve uh, all of our major newspapers in the Netherlands. Uh, we are by far the the biggest supplier of internet related sports photos but then again uh, in 2000 I went to the online publishers who were new at the time and I uh, told them exactly what I was gonna do I said I'm covering all of the Dutch football you don't have to ask me you don't have to send me I will do I do will do the coverage if you give me a uh, fixed fee for it you know and this was not new. This was not new. Well, maybe this was new in Holland. Mm-hmm. But hey, A&P is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. A&P have uh, only customers, well, most of the customers pay flat fees to them. So it was not new to me, but uh, looking around in the business, I saw that mainly in England, the successful agencies uh, like Allsports, uh, Bob Thomas, uh, Action Images, were working on the same basis. Mm-hmm. Who, who is working today with customers that pay per picture? It doesn't work anymore, does it? We, we do have uh, a few customers who pay per picture, mm-hmm. but uh, 95% of our uh, customer base pay a flat fee every month, which makes it very, very easy also on the administration side, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that was, this was new. This was new at the time. So it's very easy to say... Uh, I do come across people say, well, of course you are successful because you were the first one to do it. This is a shit thing. Yeah. This is, if ev- if everyone who starts uh, in the business as the first one would be successful, yeah. th- it doesn't make sense. It you doesn't ha- work like that. Does no, it? it doesn't work like that. You have to uh, uh, sell quality in the first place, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is what we do. We sell quality, I think. Alright, so now let's move on to more of a personal note. What sort of, um, what jobs, you said sport, um, obviously most of your sport is football or yep. uh, like I keep saying soccer for our American friends yep. that are listening. Alright. Um, you Is that what you enjoy shooting the most or is there other sports that you enjoy shooting or is it... Well, as, as a matter of fact, I'm, I guess I'm the only one within the, because I'm a photographer myself, uh, uh, I'm the only one who do uh, soccer, only soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not because I'm not interested in uh, other sports. It, it, I just don't have the time to uh, do athletics, for instance, which I think is the best uh, sports to 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 shoot. Yeah, yeah, you know, it makes amazing imagery, doesn't I, it? A- absolutely, I think because I cannot tell from experience because I'm so much focused on uh, only one thing, which is uh, soccer. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I must uh, mention as well that I see you uh, quite regularly at the Ajax. Yeah, that's your. Uh, that's your home ground as well as Ajax Amsterdam's home ground as well. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, now, we're going to move a, a forward a little bit and just talk about your favorite image. So, um, 
I've got a, a book here, which uh, we'll put links to as well. That's coming out soon. Um, and you've got a photo of a player, Raphael van der Vaart. Van der Vaart, yeah. Yes, who's a Dutch uh, football player, still playing. He's playing in uh, Sevilla, Betis Sevilla. Yeah, he's in Sevilla. He's been in Germany. He's played in England. He's played obviously. And you've got a photo of him scoring a goal with his back heel. Yeah. So he's uh, lunging forward and he's got his leg in the air and there's the ball in the frame and it's, it looks like it's against uh, their arch rivals final Feyenoord, yeah. Feyenoord of Rotterdam. Yeah. So um, can you just describe your picture here and uh, when was it? Why is it special to you? I think you can show this to any uh, soccer fan and he will immediately tell the moment. Yeah. Because this was uh, the goal of the year in season 2003-2004, I think it was. Um, well, indeed, it was Ajax Feyenoord, which is our um, top game here in Holland. Yeah. And he scored with the back heel. But the story is that, you know, this was a cross pass over 40 meters. And what, what do you do as a sports photographer? Do you still shoot and look through your 400 mil? Uh, expecting the ball into the box, which would be a silly thing if you if you keep on uh, working with your 400 mil, you miss everything. But so when do you change? What is the moment that you put on put away your 400 mil and take over with your 7200? Yes, this is the thing that we always well hundreds of times during a 90 minute game uh, have to decide. Camera one, camera two. And you have to be really exhausted after 90 minutes because of the changes all the time, all the time. And I put away my 400 while the ball was still in the air, crossing the 40 meters. I couldn't see who was receiving the ball on my right side, but I was kind of expecting uh, uh, the winger to place the ball into the box. And, well, I, I can tell you, of course, most of the times, it won't reach the player in the box. Yes. Uh, this time uh, it does. And uh, without thinking, I was making six, seven frames. Uh, only one was good enough, which is this one. And then you think, okay, I think I have this picture, but we're 80 photographers on this game, you know? Yeah. 70 or 80, I don't know. And probably five or six will have this picture. So next day, on the Monday, uh, I, 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 got, I got ill with uh, 39 degrees C. And at 4 o'clock I got awake and I looked at my uh, telephone and there was a telephone number starting with 035, which is Hilversum. And I thought, well, this guy or girl, he must uh, be really eager to, to get me on the telephone. Hilversum is a, is a town in... Uh, a missed call. Yeah. Yeah, in, the, in the Netherlands. Sorry, it's a uh, Hilversum is a town in the Netherlands. Yeah, so just I'm just like uh, so obviously. Oh, all right, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just explaining like a lot of people don't know the geography of uh, Holland, so it's just a, a town in Holland that someone's called you. Yeah, uh, and all all of the television uh, networks are uh, based in Hilversum. Okay. Okay. Yes. So this was NOS, which is uh, like BBC. Yeah, okay. but NOS is the national uh, Dutch national uh, broadcast service. Yeah. TV service. Yeah. So. Uh, looking at the seven missed calls, uh, I, I, I was uh, calling them back and I got a lady on the other side and the first thing she said was, oh, thanks God, thank God you called me back. Uh, we're already on our way. I beg your pardon? 
we're already on our way. Yeah, yeah, our our uh, television crew is <laughs> on on the on their way to see you. So what what is this about? And then she explained that I was the only one to get this picture in the newspapers. Wow! So I had a th- three three and a half minutes uh, item on NOS Studio Sport that night, which frustratingly. Uh, was mainly about two other ph- photographers telling why they missed the picture. So I was only <laughs> squeezed in, in in the very last part of the item. <laughs> I thought it was a story about me, you know, but uh, it was about two other photographers uh, telling missing the shot. Yeah, missing the shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, yeah. So that's that's quite a if you go for yeah from two thousand to you know starting your agency to being interviewed on TV, it's quite a, again, you sort of seem to take like big jumps very in short spaces of time, I think, from, from what it sounds like to me. Did you, did you feel that at the time, just thinking, all right, you know, 2000, it wasn't that long ago that I was first on the, and then all of a sudden I've got a TV interview about one of my pictures? I mean, it's quite a... No, it, it's, not, it's not the uh, TV thing that uh, uh, woke me up, so to say. Uh, there was another thing one year later at Euro 2004 in Portugal and this is a, this a, for me even more important because this is about the essence of, of sports photography to uh, look at it from a journalistic point of view you know I, I don't need to explain to you uh, what I mean I mean uh, you can everybody can learn the technique of uh, photography how to operate a camera and the lenses you know but if you really, really want to know uh, the the subject that you are shooting, you have to be so much into the subject. You have to know everything about it. Mm-hmm. So what happened in 2004 at the Euro Portugal? This was this game, Holland, uh, uh, Czech Republic. And Iron Robin was a beginning star, so to say. He was not as good as he is now today. But... When Holland was 2-1 up against Czech Republic, uh, the Holland manager, Dick Advocaat, took him off the field to be replaced by a midfielder. Holland lost that game. 2-1 was 2-3 at the end. Mm -hmm. And I was, well, photographing when he was walking off the pitch. And you see on the photo the Dick Advocaat talking to... uh, the other players, you know, and Iron Robin was uh, very annoyed, of obviously <laughs> frustrated but, about being substituted. Yeah, yeah. But what happened three days later? Uh, I was in the southern part of Portugal in Albufeira, yeah, very nice uh, resort, and I was meeting up coincidentally with um, three photographers, Dutch photographers, all working for uh, the Dutch newspapers. Two of them were A and P. One of them was GPD. So actually, the three of them were supplying all the pictures to the Dutch newspapers. We had 30 at the time. Mm-hmm. Today, we have only uh, 19 newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, thank you very much, guys. I think you missed this moment. And they said, what do you mean? I mean, the Iron Robin moment. And then they all, one by one, explained why they did not have uh, this this this. Uh, Robin moment and one said uh, well I never take pictures like this only action pictures the other one said well it was too far away I couldn't make it and the third one said oh I didn't realize it was important you know amazing eh? 
It's amazing. Yeah. You know, that same night I saw uh, six, seven downloads from newspapers from our website, which at that time were not uh, uh, regular customers. So I knew, so I knew somehow that the my colleagues of the National Press, uh, National Wire Agency, missed that moment. You know, it's not a very nice uh, picture, but uh, you know, it tells the story of the game. Yeah. And that this is this is I think the basic thing of sports photography. If if you can tell uh, the whole story in just one shot, then it's it's a good photo, regardless if it's a nice photo, because there's a difference in eh? a good photo or a nice photo. Yeah, there's two, a, two different things. Yeah, completely. All right. Yeah, there's the story. There's a story photo that tells the story of the match, and then there's exactly. the there's the man tackling another or player celebrating but yeah sometimes yeah. the player celebrating is not even a story yeah but I, I think you will agree with me Dean that today uh, younger photographers go for a very nice pictures and uh, not knowing exactly what they do mm-hmm. I mean a nice picture is not necessarily a good picture uh, not a picture that a newspaper will be using to tell the story of tomorrow in tomorrow's newspaper I mean you know yes. and uh, ideally you do everything. You, you you make nice pictures. You make good pictures. Okay, this is what we try to do at Pro Shots. We we want to make uh, these challenges, two plays with a ball in between. Of course, yeah, the standard two men in a ball action shot. Uh, of course. Exactly, but we also uh, must have these stock pictures, which you take out of. Uh, all, all actions in between, you know? Yeah, player running with the ball, you know, the players that show up in magazines, on cards. Yeah, typically kind of used by magazines. Yes. We have to look around what's uh, going on on the stands. Um, uh, all, all of these things are uh, made in a protocol which we called a so-called 10-step plan. Mm-hmm. And all of the approach uh, photographers today have to commit themselves to the 10-step plan, which is no longer a 10-step plan because maybe our 15-step plans, but it's not It's not uh, exactly about uh, 10 steps. It's about the whole idea to cover the whole thing mm-hmm. before the game, during the game, after the game, yes. before you, uh, next to you, behind you. You have to see everything, you know? Uh, certain expressions on the stands uh, can tell the story about the, feel, the, the feeling about uh, how the people think about their own team and so on. Um, there are so many examples about this that that other people miss that we that we do have. Uh, one other thing is the goal cameras that you also use. It's it's not a gadget, a goal camera. Mm. Many people regard a goal camera as a gadget, but for me, it's a compensate moment, as I call it. If you don't have the uh, right shot with your seventy two hundred lens, yes, uh, it can be compensated that same moment because of the synchronized picture made by a goal camera. Yeah, this is right? the remote cameras. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast where uh, yeah, we set up a remote camera behind the goal and it fires when you shoot your 7200 or some people have foot pedals or wherever it may be, but you're triggering another camera behind the goal. So um, yeah, I, I get it completely because you know there's times where a player might be blocked or you, know, you're the, you don't see the ball on your, your 7200 on your short lens and then you know your remote has a big ball and it has a player celebrating or whatever it may be. So that, that definitely makes a big difference in your yeah, but, in your set of pictures. But again, this is not a gadget. This yeah. is this this is mandatory for uh, all pro shots photographers today. Um, even so, um, if if you don't use a goal camera, you, you don't get any uh, assignment anymore in Eredivisie. 
you can use it in Jupiler League, which is the second division here in Holland, mm-hmm. uh, which is not so important to have uh, this whole thing. But I, th- I think we are proposition in, in the industry with two photographers on every game. I always tell my customers, there we go again, I have to knock on the doors. Mm-hmm. I have to tell my customers, I don't have two photographers, I have six cameras. Wow. Mm-hmm. I have six cameras. Six cameras covering an ordinary uh, Eredivisie game. Every match. Every match. This is a different story, right? Yes. I'm not telling, uh, I have one photographer with three cameras. I have two photographers with six cameras in total. How can we possibly miss something uh, today? Yeah. Look at the newspapers on the Monday. It's amazing to see yesterday uh, what's being used and the, the kind of pictures. Uh, a lot of these remote cameras uh, can be found in Dutch newspapers today. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, um, people in the industry will not print our remote camera pictures because they want to make a favor to us. They, they use it because it's, it's telling the story uh, or they, they, they like the picture for the story. I hear you loud and clear on that one. I'm just, uh, I mean, I see what you mean because you know that you can have a goalkeeper looking back at the ball, or you can have a, a defender looking, you know, dejected once he's conceded the goal, or it 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 does add an element to your to the set of pictures, which yeah can convey the story very very clearly. Yeah. Um, now going back just a few years, uh, you know, when you were talking about sending your pictures, you know, at the early 2000s, I mean, how the industry's changed so much. I mean, can you just tell us a little bit about like what you think uh, the client's expectations changed as well? Like from from the year 2000 to the year 2015, where we are right now, how's the, the client's expectations changed about what you hmm. must apply and what you what they expect from you? Very nice question. I, to give you an example about uh, the early days of Pro Shots 15 years ago, mm-hmm. as compared to now, um, we were very proud to, te- to tell our customers that we have five pictures every game, five, because that, that was three more than A&P did, you know? Yeah. And we also said uh, we don't have four games every week. We, d- we have every, every game every week. So five was a standard. Today, we push five pictures during the first half per, ph- per photographer. That's the difference. Yeah. Uh, we add another 10 during uh, halftime. Uh, we add another 10 after the game. So the, this is 25. Then when, when we're home, we add the uh, so-called stock pictures, single action pictures. You know, which are not necessarily important for the game coverage, but yeah. Uh, so the, the you're sending yellow cards, red cards, uh, exactly. goals, um, manager reactions, all the sort of live things that must be required for the papers the next day, and then exactly. after the match, where yeah, we are we're sending all our stock pictures and stuff, you know, extras. Yeah, would be. We, we don't want to spoil our production with these uh, stock pictures. It's uh, good to have it the next day. Or after, uh, let's say, uh, uh, 11 o'clock on the Sunday, because every, the deadline's uh, is uh, already there. Um, but but in total, I think 40 or 50 pictures uh, per photographer is pretty much the average today. And uh, tell me about those deadlines as well. You said that you you know there's a very notorious word in our industry. Yeah. <laughs> the deadlines have seemed to have creeped up as uh, or creeped down depending on which way you look at it. But yeah, they've creeped uh, 
they've moved as well, haven't they? What the what the newspapers expect or, or websites as it would be mainly now. Well, exactly. That this is this is exactly the thing. Uh, we're not talking newspapers today, not mainly. If if we push our pictures during uh, the first half, this is mainly for the websites. Yeah. We we have our pictures uh, earlier online than they than their editorial things, so uh, <laughs> there's no cooler thing than to see a journalist on the press tribune mm-hmm. uh, uh, making his article, and then looking into the process database to look for a uh, picture that he can use for it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that many times when I was not uh, working, and and. The best thing is to see three web editors from different websites going to the same website, which is ProShots, you know? Yeah. This is a cool thing. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I've done that many times, especially when I was editing. I could always, you know, I'm sitting in the stands and I'm editing the photographer's images and same thing. You know, you're, you're I'm sending pictures and I'm looking at the journalists that are sitting in front of me and they're going onto the... What, yeah. Want to hear a funny story? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not so long ago, 2010, 2010. Uh, Holland was playing uh, Ghana in a friendly in Rotterdam. And I heard from one of the web editors that he was uh, uh, searching uh, on our website for some pictures. And then there were th- three guys from Ghana uh, pointing at his screen. I said, what? What is that? Th- these are the pictures from... And they were pointing at the pitch. How can you have... How can you have these pictures now on your... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, move, uh, the pictures move so quickly now, as like you said, we, especially with the technology, you know, we have all, obviously, you know, at Ajax as well, we're very lucky we have a very quick Wi-Fi. So yeah, yeah. pretty much within minutes, um, pictures are being sent, aren't they? Within, yeah, within seconds, you're downloading cards. Yeah. Well, that moves us actually nicely to the um, to, to your um, your workflow. So I know you've obviously described, um, you know, you have sort of like a 10-step plan or, you know, a plan of what you must get from a game, but yeah. So you've taken your photo, yeah. Um, how you know you've pressed the shutter, you've taken out your memory card, you've plugged it into the computer. Can you tell me about like what? I mean, do you even do that? I mean, does it? How do? How does you? What's your workflow from a match? Well, before the game starts, we uh, um, make a IPTC for the game. Uh, after the, the the captions basically. Yeah, metadata, uh, so to call. Yeah, so as you download the card, it gives a base caption about the venue, the dates, exactly. the teams, exactly. and all that kind of thing. That's, yes. that's all prepared before the game. Yes. Uh, uh, the same thing goes for the 22 players on the pitch. All the names and numbers are also put in a text document. So basically, the pictures that you want to see on your screen are the pictures that you've locked during the game. Uh, obviously, if you shoot 500 pictures in 45 minutes, you don't want to see them all on your screen. So you lock them on the back of your camera. Yeah, so we use the camera. So I'm just, uh, I'll just explain. Like locking means you've tagged the picture. You've used the um, the lock key on the back of the camera, which will exactly highlight the highlight. You know, your, your 10 or 15 pictures, whatever it is, out of that 500 that yeah. you want to see instantly. Yeah, yeah. The, only these pictures will pop up. Okay. You know, and uh, you will go through them and uh, pick one or two out of these 15. So my workflow is, uh, my first upload will be after 10 or 15 minutes, depending on the game. If, if there's nothing, I'll wait patiently until the 20 minutes, because I, I don't want to put online any shit uh, things, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and ideally, I have three sets of two pictures in the first 45 minutes. Two plus two plus two. So going into half time, I have six pictures online, Add another nine, 
totaling 15. And the same thing goes in the second half. Although the second half is not so important uh, for live pictures because um, most of the important uh, things in the game happen in the second half. Okay. And the focus is more on photography than on editing and sending the pictures in the second half. Yeah, I mean that sounds very familiar to me as well. But would you? And I mean, except for midweek games, eh? if we have midweek games like Champions League or European League, or uh, uh, then then we have to uh, look at our watch and uh, the deadlines again uh, are more important. And that's mainly because uh, on those midweek games, the games are later. They are at uh, you know seven forty-five, eight forty-five mm-hmm. in the evening. Yeah. Deadlines are tighter for magazines, newspapers, yeah. whatever it may be. You have to push even during the um, the second half on yeah. the, in the same with the same frequency. Yes. So most of the times, if I shut my uh, laptop computer right after the games, there are already twenty-five pictures online. Okay, and you've and so you've ingested the card and you put it through Photoshop. Yep, I, yeah. I'm not a Lightroom uh, a person. Yeah, uh, our photographers are free to use Photoshop or Lightroom, uh, as far as the end result is the same. Yeah, if I see differences, I will ask them uh, very friendly to use Photoshop rather than Lightroom. And can you? Um, uh, yeah, I know about this obviously, but like um, editorial integrity is something that's uh, very important in our industry. Um, not manipulating photos um, too much, you know, cropping, uh, you know, basic cropping, basic, uh, you know, color adjustments if you've under or overexposed it a little bit, whatever it may be. Is that, I'm guessing it's all exactly the same with your with your industry as well, like with your uh, company as well, like your photographers are not allowed to do too yeah. much. This this is uh, another protocol. We have, uh, maybe this, this, this is a bit too technical, but um, in Photoshop or Lightroom, uh, we first uh, adjust the levels mm-hmm. before we adjust the uh, what's what's that uh, M? Um, um, please help me out. The M curve. Are you talking yeah, about? M curve. Yeah, yeah. So there's two. There's a levels and an M curve, which is like a like a, a traditional graph where you can adjust yeah. The, yeah. the highlights and and, uh, yeah. and. But the sequence is more important. The levels always before the the curves. The curves. Yes. It's called the curves. Sorry. Yes, yeah. Stupid. Uh, no, it's uh, control M. That's why you said control it. M. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After that, uh, we make the color adjustments. So the, the 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 sequence is more important than the action itself. I mm-hmm. think you know. Okay. All right. um, we do an unsharp mask on one twenty five percent, and uh, and that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Caption, yeah. and then it just goes out through um, uh, Photo Mechanic or whatever. Yeah. Photo Mechanic as a standard. Yes. Uh, Photo Mechanic is the uh, software program that. Uh, Includes FTP, yeah. So uh, you do basically everything with some with with this on this this single photo mechanic uh, software. Okay. Um, again, we we have a very tight standard, so uh, we use a two by three format, twenty by thirty. Yeah. Um, photo photographers are not free to choose their own uh, size. It's it it would be stupid. I I see a lot of different formats uh with different with other agencies uh, yeah. we, we are we only have two standards uh square 25 25 or 20 by 30. and uh you say 20 where you mean uh is that uh 2000 by 3000 pixel is that the sort of i'm not talking about pixels eh? uh 300 dpi is the uh yes standard yeah you can translate everything into pixels but uh 
these these are not the figures that I can uh, recall. Okay, all right. Uh, so yeah, everyone. So or every photographer that you have on the weekend, all every camera deals with the same. You get, every client gets exactly the same format of cam of image. Sure, sure. Okay, keep uh, it consistent. It's very consistent, although uh, I can see differences, but uh, the customer should not see the difference. Okay. Let's put it that way. Okay. Now, the part of the podcast which uh, all our, the geeks out there will love, what equipment do you use? This is a question I, uh, I've mentioned before. Like, yeah. It wasn't that long ago I you know, was desperate to know what everyone was using. Mm -hmm. Now, you, what, what, what cameras are you using? What lenses do you use? What's the standard? You know, what's, the, what's your yeah. kit? I'm a typical Canon lover. Yeah, I would never uh, change into Nikon. Yes, have you always you've always been Canon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, from day one. Yes, yeah, um, very much like I uh, that I access my club. So uh, you know, <laughs> now I'm not saying uh, Nikon is worse. Uh, I mean, this this you, you either uh, love blonde women or uh, dark hair women. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just a personal preference. You can't explain why. It is. It is, but. I do think that Canon has the better lenses on the uh, long focal length, uh, yeah. four, five, six hundred, mm -hmm. whereas Nikon has better lenses in uh, sh shorter distance. Uh, but again, this is a preference thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm using two DXs. Two one one, uh, one DX. Yeah. The latest uh, incarnation of the Canon bodies, the top of the range, which top is of the range. Yes. Yeah. DX. Uh, one for my five hundred mil. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't use a 400 mil anymore. That's a 500 f4. For 500 f4. Yes, and yep. you had a, and you don't use that anymore. I don't use the 400 2.8. Uh, uh, any reason in particular? I kept it for a while. I kept it for a while, but I found out that you know, once you work with a five, 500 mil, mm. you will never go back to the 400 anymore. Okay. You know, uh, there is there is no occasion that you will use that. So. Uh, after four, four or five, six months, I sold that one. <laughs> okay. The and, 400, uh, I mean. Eh? Can I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm presuming here, I mean, I used, uh, I've come from the one, from the Mark IV Canon, which was, uh, had a, a 1.6 or 1.4, I can't remember, magnification. 1.6. 1. 1.6. Uh, no, no, Mark IV. Yeah. 1.3. It was, yeah, okay, yeah. 1.3, yeah. there you go. So 1.3, so the 400 mil in essence was almost the 500 mil. Exactly. Ironically, I see the same thing through my viewfinder today. Yeah, exactly. So, the X is a full frame. Yeah. Uh, uh, with a 500, you see the same thing with a, uh, as a 400 with a uh, Mark IV. That's one thing, you know, I've worked in England and I work a lot of places and I actually noticed that in the Netherlands a lot of photographers have gone from the 400 to the 500 because exactly. of that sort of, yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a familiar sight through the, mm. through the viewfinder, isn't it? Yeah, but, but the 500 uh, mill, millimeter lens is a very handy lens for a long focal, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, 400 is much more heavier, especially when you go abroad with your uh, gear. When you're traveling, yeah. When you're traveling and uh, pass uh, customs, etc., uh, weight does matter. Yeah? When, when you go <laughs> abroad, uh, so uh, all these things added to each other. I think the 500 is a much better solution today, and I've never missed uh, a moment. The 400 millimeter lens. The 400 is a uh, is a lot heavier. I, I can vouch for that because I use I, I I use the 400 still, and I use the 500 for golf and for motorsport right. and stuff like that. But oh, you, know, you do have both still. I have yeah. both. Yeah. yeah, I have the 300 uh, 
So I think the, the range is pretty good, three and five. Yes, definitely. And if you have three, four and five, some people even have a six, hundred. Uh, I think it would be very difficult for me to choose every time. <laughs> That's a, uh, a luxury not many people can have though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Three, four, and five, and a 600. Yeah. Um, and I do have a, a, a Canon EOS 5 Mark III, which I use as a remote. Okay, so you've got a, yeah, a 5D as a remote camera behind the goal. Yeah, it's a full frame. It's uh, nine, frame second, nine frames per second, which yeah. is pretty good. Yes. So. And what lens are you putting on that remote camera that's sitting behind the goal? I use the 14 millimeter. Okay, so you got a fisheye. It's not a fisheye. Oh, the, sorry, the 15 no. is the fisheye, yeah. isn't it? Yes. You have the 8 to 15, which is a fisheye. Yes. But a lot of distortion, but the 14 millimeter is, is uh, straight. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that uh, nice too. So yeah. yeah. You're right. Um, okay, so um, are there any lenses? I mean, I'm probably asking the wrong guy. As a guy who has his own company, you've probably got access to anything you want. Is there any lenses or anything that you wish you had or anything you were... Uh, you would like to add to your kit that you don't have at the moment? I've never used, may seems sound strange, I've never used a 604.0. Yeah. Um, it's a monster of a lens. But I don't really fancy that one, I think. Um, I, I, I think it's typically for uh, single stock pictures. Yeah, I, from my personal point of view, uh, the, the 600... If you're sitting um, at the end of a, you know, you, usually you sit um, on the touchline, you know, behind the sort of goals towards the corner flag. That's right. where we normally sit. And then right. the four hundred, the six hundred for me just looks too far ahead. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like casting, uh, fishing, and then casting over to the other side of the river. You might as well go stand over the, on the other side of the river. Yeah. You know what I mean? I find the six hundred is that a yeah. bit too long. I yeah. think. But my, my question to you is because uh, honestly, I don't know. Is the depth of field uh, better than a five hundred? On the six. Yeah. Uh, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Things drop off more. All right. But I just think it's it's a monster of a lens to yeah. use. You know, I can understand if you're like there are some. Um, when I used to shoot some rugby in the UK, mm -hmm. I can understand a six hundred because you're sitting quite far back yeah. from the action. I tell you one thing, uh, Dean. If yeah. you see a six hundred mil photographer on a soccer game, yeah, uh, this is obviously obviously a guy who don't sell pictures to a newspaper. No. He only makes stock pictures for magazines. That's what I mean. Uh, it is definitely a stock lens. You know, you're getting right in on the, you know, you're in the middle of the I picture. I mean, nothing right? wrong with that, but no. that, this is uh, to minimize, to minimize. I mean, you mean you have to do the whole thing today, you know? Yeah, yeah. To cover the game, to make stock pictures, etc., etc. So the, the, the 500 millimeter, as far as I'm concerned, is the ideal lens today. Mm. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. I like the 400. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I love my 400 but I think I do probably 80 or 90% of my work on the 400 I must admit I, I do have a lot of pictures with cut off uh, shoes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think the 400 for me because um, I, I noticed that you know, it took me a while it took me uh, a, quite a few months actually to get used to that you know, from the Mark IV to the 1DX yeah. that little extra bit you know you have to wait you know, when, the, when the player is running towards you you have to wait a little bit longer for him to be full in the frame. Yeah, absolutely. So it yeah. took a while to get used to, you know, you're swapping the lens at a different time now. So that, that took a while, but the 400, I do, you know, I, I do, uh, you know, BMX, I do cycling, I do uh, uh, tennis. Mm -hmm. Before I used to use a 300. Yeah. Now I use my 400, you know what I mean? So it's, it's sure. for me, it does, sure. it, it does sure. a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, before to now, what about where do you think the industry is going? You know, if anyone's probably going to know, it's probably you actually. You know, you've got your 
finger on the pulse in terms of oh. what clients want. How do you see it moving forward? You know, what, what are the, what's the future for sports photographers? What's the future uh, for young guys coming into the game? It's surprisingly, the, yeah. surprisingly, people working for newspapers mm. are less op- optimistic than, than I am. Yeah. Uh, people working in, this, in that industry, they think that in five years' time there are no newspapers. Wow. They, well, people who've been working for Telegraaf, Algemeen Dagblad, the bigger newspapers. The AD and uh, yeah. Telegraaf are the, yeah. two of the, the biggest newspapers in the Netherlands. Exactly. Sure. And, um, and I, I'm talking about seniors that I talk to. Eh? And these guys, I know these guys as well. You're talking about guys that have been in the industry for yeah. 30 plus right. I'm, years. I'm not talking about photographers, but editors. Yeah. Uh, and and, and most of them, well, some of them believe uh, there will be no newspapers in five years' time. Wow. Uh, which is strange. I think people always want to have a printed newspaper. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much as before. Mm-hmm. I do have two newspapers every morning, yeah. Algemeen Dagblad and Telegraaf. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, to start off the day, it's always nice to have a newspaper. Maybe it's a age thing, old a generation thing, old-fashioned. You need to touch a piece of paper. like. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not telling you where I'm reading these newspapers uh, every morning. <laughs> <laughs> But I can't do without it. Yeah. I know. I mean, to to watch a newspaper on a on an iPad, uh, I don't use any iPad anymore. Uh, I find it disgusting things to hold in your hands, you know. And uh, so, I really like, still like it. But your question is, where where do we go from here in five years' time? Yeah. What's what we know? I you know I heard ten years ago that there'll be hardly any sports photographers by the year twenty ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know you. I've heard stories for years and years about, you know, the, the industry is gone, photographers, um, you know, it's all going to be about TV. But from my point of view, I think it's still moving. People still love pictures. People yeah. still want pictures. So what, what we see today is, yeah, you know, we see a lot of amateur photographers uh, going on the pictures and uh, doing the work, well, for free because it's fun. Mm. Yeah, if you, if you buy a standard gear for, let's say, uh, 10,000 euro, you can start. You can start uh, uh, pretty much uh, the whole thing. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not the top gear. I think uh, with ten thousand, maybe rather forty thousand. Yes. But you can go to a newspaper and say, "Well, uh, I'm. Uh, I like to have my paper, uh, my photo in your newspaper. Put 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 my name on it." Yeah. And this this is a a thing that's been going on since the introduction of the internet. So we're we're not saying. I'm not saying. It's something new. Uh, it's been going on from the very first days of the internet, mm-hmm. because it can be done by anyone with a, a, with a good gear, with yes. good uh, material. Um, but we still need the professionals, I hope, Dean. Yes, definitely. Um, and the professionals are the guys who know exactly what to cover, uh, and not just shoot at random, because you have a nice picture. Again, there's a difference be- between a nice picture and a journalistic good picture. Yeah, the, the from what I've learned off the guys that you know from the all sport guys, which you mentioned before, is you know everyone anyone can get a great picture, but the guys that get it week in week out, you know that's that's something special. They're the guys that do it, you know, better than the average. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, I, I hear you loud and clear on that yeah. one. That's, uh, Although I must say I I'm still proud that on a average Dutch league game we can put two professional photographers yes 
uh, translated into cost it, it's huge on a yearly uh, bill uh, yeah. yearly uh, basis yes but i think in five or certainly in 10 years time we don't have that luxury uh, uh, item anymore yeah so uh, i think we have to go down maybe to one photographer because the market has changed uh, well i think in 10 years time uh, we will we will we will be still be there we will still cover the games but I doubt if we will have to do that with two photographers because uh, because of the changed market. And do, do, do you do many games abroad outside of the Netherlands? I mean, obviously you follow the Dutch team. Well, as a matter of fact, we have uh, four teams in Europe uh, today, uh, which are 12 games in total. Mm -hmm. And we're traveling 12 times. Wow, okay. Into Europe. And uh, yeah, we have to do that. We the, the customers that pay us the monthly fee account for the cost, so it's uh, we have to do that. Fantastic. We always do that. Yeah. Uh, last question, I promise. Like uh, I know that you um you have an association with uh, agencies in other countries as well. Yep. Um, you uh, how how did that come about? Just quickly, I, mean, I say quickly, but how did that come about? You know, how did how did you get and is it with Action Images? Yeah, Action Images by far. Action Images of London. Yeah, in the UK. So we've got the... A Reuters company. A Reuters company, yes. Um, I asked them back in the day uh, if they would allow me to use their pictures. Um, well, I, I can see them as, as the founding father of ProShots, actually, because okay. I, I was a freelance photographer at Euro 2000 mm -hmm. and needing pictures of the games that I was not attending, you know? Out of 31 games, I had 17, so I needed 14 games, and I made a deal with Action Images. And after uh, Euro 2000, one month later, I asked them. I told them first, I am I was starting a new agency, which is Pro Shots, and could you please allow me to 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 make uh, an agreement with you that I can uh, sell English football into the Dutch market? Um, well, this is actually how it started, and from then on, we moved to all major leagues in, in, in Europe and the world, actually. So we have a network of 20 partners uh, outside Holland. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Fantastic, Stan. Um, well, I think that's uh, that's enough for today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. For I enjoyed time. it very much. Same here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's always good to learn about uh, history and uh, what your uh, perception of the industry is. And yeah, I mean, it's fascinating stuff for me too. So... Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll see you uh, on the sidelines at Ajax next. Very soon. Very Thank you soon. very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Dan, for taking your time from your business to speak to me. I'm sure all photographers listening have absorbed something of benefit from your words. Growing a business from the ground up like you have, while still maintaining your passion and enthusiasm for sports photography, is a side of the business that most don't get to hear about. So thank you again for sharing your story and your knowledge with me. I would recommend that all keen sports photographers take a few minutes of their time and have a look at his website, www.stanleygonther.nl That's S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-G-O-N-T tha.nl or if you have to you have to have a look at his upcoming book about 25 years of football or soccer for our american friends 25 year 
footballphotography.nl. Now, this is in Dutch, so I'm not going to spell it out, um, considering most of my listeners are not in Holland. Um, but there is a link on the SoundCloud, SoundCloud page where you are listening to this. So um, have a look. Um, it's definitely worth looking at and see uh, a bit of history about Dutch football over the last 25 years. Very interesting book. His company website, which I have to mention, of course, is ProShots. That's P-R-O-S-H-O-T-S dot N-L. Um, you do have to have a login, but you can see a lot of um, some Im imagery on the site. Um, but this obviously is designed mainly for uh, publications and sports websites um, or his clients or his, or his, um, for his business. So now, you, the photography philosophy listener, thank you for putting up with me. I will just remind you all that I am a photographer, not a sound technician, so I do apologize if it doesn't sound like the high-end production that you're used to from other podcasts, but I hope you do listen past any small imperfections and can take something um, to make your photography better or even um, maybe give you the inspiration to take a chance on your sports photography career. Um, if you have any questions, I would love to hear from you, so please contact me on at all sports snapper or my website allsportsnapper.com my name is dean thank you very much for your time and last thing observe listen and practice because your best photo could be one frame away